another episode of What's Next Podcast. I'm your host, Mario Maitland. We got a very special guest on for today, Miss Masai Russell, coming on What's Next Podcast, talking a little bit about her journey and what's next, since she's on What's Next. We're going to talk about what's next, what's coming up next for you. A little bit about uh, who you are as a person outside of track and field. What are some things and interests or uh, passions, I guess, that you have outside the sport? Yeah, so I'm really passionate about like content creation, influencing, influencing those who are younger than me yeah. or older than me. You know, if you go on my Instagram, my TikTok, I like to dance, take pictures. So that's a little bit about the things that I like to do, like off the track. Directly. Of course. Do you call yourself an entertainer? Because I know you, you're an influencer, but a lot of people think you're entertaining as well. So, well, I don't know. Do you call yourself an entertainer? I mean, I guess in a way. You go to my TikToks, you get entertained. You For see sure. the dances, you see what I do. So, For sure. in a way, but put me in front of a large crowd, I'm not doing nothing. You're not doing it? No. Okay, that's fine. We're going to do that. That's why we're not doing yeah. that on What's Next Podcast. Walk me through a day in the life of Masai Russell. What, what does that look like for your fans, for anybody who looks up to you? What does that look like for you? Um, for me, it looks like weights in the morning. Probably take a little nap in between, mm -hmm. practice, edit some videos, record some stuff, yeah. talk to somebody, yeah. um, chill, my man. Yeah, you know, I and it. Yeah, like I said, go to practice. I'd be at practice for like four hours out of the day and then, you know, go home, get in my like, you know, It's a lot of a lot of work that you got to put in, of course. And then you got your time to rest up and, and get, uh, you have a really good uh, work balance, I guess, work-life balance, put in the work and then enjoy, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, outside yeah. time. And you're just coming from Austin, Texas and had a successful run down there. Well, what's, what's uh, I guess, favorite moment as a Wildcat? Wow, that's a hard question because I've had a lot of great moments. Man. But one of the major moments that I have to say is when I was a freshman um, and I ran like an 818 in the 60 hurdles and I was like a major PR for me and I yeah. went back to the tent okay. and all my teammates were so happy for me like they were more happy than me and I was just really big for me because in high school I wasn't able to like talk about my success so to see like, like teammates that are genuinely happy man. for you that really really was like a major impactful thing I like, bet. in my college career. I bet. As I, I want to get into your your mind a little bit. As a, uh, you're going into the meet, you know, uh, a general meet. You have any uh, superstitions or pre rituals that you do? Nah, no, I just no. know. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. So the only thing I know is go. So I it ain't nothing. No, nothing added to the pie that yeah. I need to add. For you sure. Know? For sure. Now you're you're also known as the queen hurdle. You got a you got a nice hurdle right here for me. Which I'm going to have you teach me a little bit about hurdling. And, and before I even get my actual trying, what are some things I, ha I must do so I don't trick this up? This is Masai Russell from the University of Kentucky. And what she just achieved is absolutely insane. At the 2023 Red Raider Open in Texas Tech, she just ran the fastest time in NCAA history in the women's 60-meter hurdles, breaking the previous collegiate record by 0.03 seconds. With a finishing time of 7.75 seconds, she not only improved on her own personal record by more than a tenth of a second, but she also just became the 12th fastest indoor performer in the history of this event, now comparable with some of the greatest athletes in the history of athletics. <laughs> when you're approaching the hurdle, don't don't bend your legs, nothing. Like go over it like with well, I don't know which one's your which well, which is strong leg. I, I guess my right leg. I mean I'm not sure I never did this, so Okay, so alright. So first I'm just gonna push you. Okay. Okay, stand straight. All right. Stand straight. Both of your feet together. Okay, so you're so I'm this is your this is gonna be your lead leg. Oh uh, boy, I don't like that. Uh, it feels a little weak. See so it's gonna not... feel like that, but that's the leg that's your strong leg, because okay. that's the leg that you use to stop yourself. Okay. So 
Well, actually, actually, do whatever's comfortable for you. All right, you said that, so I'm gonna just do it. <laughs> but like I said, make sure your leg is straight when you're approaching it. Okay. And then the trail leg is the most important leg. Trail this, leg. This leg gonna get over, but the trail leg you gotta make sure that it clears that hurdle. So I wanna get this over and then make sure I yeah, bring, like, bring, bring this some baggage around. around. I yeah, got you. Like, I got you. Bring it around town. All right, you gotta, you gotta <laughs> let me know how I do here, okay? Don't judge me. Don't judge me. I'm stressed today. Don't pull it done. This is going over. This is coming. Yep, don't think it's good. Right. Oh my god, not like that. Oh! Did I do it? Okay, okay. Alright, you try. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. This is all over, and then this is coming. Coming through, like, I got you. I got you. Here we go. Here we go. That was better than the last time. But you take it. I mean, that's better than the other one. You kind of went through it. But you still was like straddled over the hurdle. You can see that I got a progress. I'm getting some progress. Yeah. I got some potential. One more. Third time to charm. All right. All right. You said get my get my last one. Come on. Like, drive it through. Run through it. Bring some speed. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> that wasn't that bad. Bro, that wasn't that bad. bad. He didn't do bad. He didn't do that bad. I, I, got, I got a step back, ladies and gents, but it's okay, man. It's not about me. It's about Masai Russell today. So don't don't judge me on that last hurdle. We're going to talk about Masai Russell and her journey and what she got coming up next. So stay tuned. Let's talk about, I, I want to... I want to get to know you as a person, Masai, the, the name Masai. Where does that come from? That is, that's not, not a lot of people's name, you know, Masai. You have a unique name. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about your name, Masai. Yeah, so the way that it came about, for one, my name was going to be Diamond. Diamond. And my mom was like, absolutely <laughs> not. My dad was like, absolutely not. So um, they did not know what my name was going to be, like, up until maybe two or three weeks until I was born. Okay. And... They seen this store. It was called Masai Designs, and they okay. were like, "Oh my gosh, like, I like that, that name sounds like yeah. really, really good, whatever." So, um, it ended up being an African tribe in like Kenya. So okay. that's kind of what it means. They didn't know the actual meaning of my name to begin with. So at first, when I was younger, I did not like my name. I'm like, no one has my name. No one knows how to pronounce my name. No one knows how to spell my name. Man. But now it's like when you hear Masai, like only person you think of is me it's you know you, what i'm saying yeah because it's unique no one so, has that name yeah, I was gonna say yeah, yeah so they they seen it on a store and then it ended up having a deeper meaning than that's cool. you know than that's what they cool. seen so that's a that's a very cool story yeah. um just came back from austin texas national you know championship tournament you guys had down there um how was that experience for you it was great it was a great experience you know what i love to come home with the national title yeah but you know no, nothing happens before it's time for sure. um but i went out there and scored 18 point like seven five points for yeah. my team and i put more than half the points on the board yeah. that our team scored. I think we finished like sixth or seventh as a team. So for me to be able to put all those points up, like as an individual, I was super happy and I'm glad to have closed out the way that I did with my team. Yeah, that's that's very unique because basically like, you know, you, you, you're making your team proud at the same time. I'm sure, you know, they expect you to do great. But to be able to, to come through and, you know, have them depend on you, that's that's what's up. That's what's yeah. up. And you you be able to step up to the plate, yeah. that's what's up. I want to talk a little bit about Kentucky. Now, you're here at the University of Kentucky. How did you even get to Kentucky? Like, how did that work? Because I know that's a, you know, you have a unique story. 
um, of how you got here. Talk a yeah. little bit about that and how you got to Kentucky. Yeah, so for me, I wasn't coming to Kentucky to begin with. I had, like, the craziest recruitment process. Right. First, I was verbally committed to Texas A&M, and then I actually signed to University of Tennessee. And then the coach that was recruiting me just stopped hitting me up. I'm like, uh, what's going on? Like, what, oh, out what's the going blue. on? Just, just out the out, blue? Out of the blue. And then I seen that he was coming to Kentucky, so I seen it on Twitter. I was like... Um, what's going on? Like you're the one, you're the reason why yeah. I came to this school. So he ended up coming to Kentucky. He ended up reaching out to us, my family and I, and told us that he still had money for me. So I didn't know anything about Kentucky. Only time I came to Kentucky was for our high school invitational. Okay. Uh, so I ended up coming. It ended up being the best school out of every school I visited. I visited some some pretty good schools. I don't know if you want me to list them. No, but go ahead, please. I went to uh, University of Florida, University of Georgia, Texas A&M, University of Miami, and University of Tennessee. Miami. Wow. And, yeah, so I went to, like, some really, really cool. good, like, you know, SEC, one ACC school, and Kentucky was not in my top five, top yeah. six at all. And like I said, I got the family feeling when I first came. I took no visit. I was literally looking up the dorms, like, on YouTube because <laughs> I had no idea about anything that I was getting myself into. And yeah. the fact that, like, I'm still here five years later, like, just speaks to how amazing, like, Kentucky is. For sure. Now, you're from Maryland, right? Mm -hmm. How do you – how did you <sighs> – cope with leaving from home Maryland to Kentucky now did you visit Kentucky ever before you know deciding to come here yeah I did like I said when I um ran at the high school invitational yeah I think just like two years like two years back to back but I didn't see anything else when I hear Kentucky I'm like oh no they're like this is country country like, right ain't nobody coming yeah, here yeah. that's that's what I was thinking in my mind so um Kentucky was like I said never was on my mind because <laughs> of like it's Kentucky. Yeah, like was, every school that I listed, I was gonna say seems like it has more. But as, as someone like not from Kentucky, I guess you know it was a shock coming here and seeing that hey, it's not as country as you know, yeah, people might exactly. think. You know, it's, it's actually yeah, pretty it's cool. urban. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. That's what it's I tell cool. people all the time. It's definitely cool. Um, so I want to bring it back to, to your childhood. Why why did you decide to get into the, the sport of track and field? You've been doing this from such a very young age. Like, why? Why did you decide to come? Um, Honestly, my brothers, they ran before me. I think I was doing, like, gymnastics. But, you know, every little girl does gymnastics. Mm -hmm. And then I see my brothers running. I'm like, oh, I want to run. So they went out to practice. And then I ended up going yeah. out to practice there with them. They ended up falling off because they wasn't they wasn't as good as me, as clearly. <laughs> And I, <laughs> I was the only one that continued to to run. Yeah. Um, I've been running since I was eight years old. It's the only sport that I've ever done competitively, and it's brought me this far. So, what do you love most about track and field? Um, I love the competitive. I love the pureness of the sport. Like. What you put into it is going to come out. Like, it's as pure as it can be. Like, you can't hide in track and field. You yeah, can't at all. Yeah. Like, like I said, what you put into it is what's going to show. It's like, show. if you're good, you're good. It's you're no, good, exactly. Yeah, it's not like you can't that. really get held up by a team. You can't get ha held up by anybody else. It's like, it's all on you. That's what makes it really, really nerve-wracking. But, like, when you know that you put the work in and you have confidence in that, like, you 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 gonna slide. Yep. You know you can trust your work ethic. <laughs> right, right. Speaking of your work ethic, what's what's your training routine look like normally? Like, what does it look like for you? Um. So for me, throughout the week, if we do have a meet, it's a little different than when we don't. So when we do have a meet, um, I would like short hurdle on Mondays, long hurdle on Tuesdays. If you don't understand that, like hundred hurdles, and then four hundred hurdles. Yeah. Um, 
you know, Monday and Tuesday, then off on Wednesday. Okay. Then Thursday, I will um, <clears throat> kind of do the same thing, either run or do a short hurdle workout. And then on Friday, be a long workout. And then if I do compete, we won't do anything like after Wednesday because that's when the meet will most likely start. So yeah. I would, like Monday, like I said, I'll do like a short hurdle workout, 100 hurdle workout. Tuesday, I'll do a long hurdle workout. And then Wednesday, just lift and be off. And then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, then I'll compete. But if we do have a meet, no, if we do or don't, yeah. we have lift three days a week. So we lift so in the morning. So you're always in the gym. You're always. always in the gym three days a week. It's like even if I'm off. I'm not really off. It's just I'm not running on the track. How do you balance that, though, especially someone of your magnitude, your, uh, you know, persona, I guess? Like, how do you, you I mean, you got so much things that you got to juggle, you know, um, you know, relationships, you know, family. And then, you know, everybody knows, you know, you're YouTube famous, all that, like the YouTube social. YouTube famous is crazy. Yeah, like, how, how do you balance like that? Instagram, 37K. I don't think that's, that's YouTube famous yet. Maybe when I hit 100K. Nah, you'll get there for sure. I think you will. But, like, how do you balance it, I guess? I want to know, you know, give us some advice. I wish I could tell you. <laughs> I don't know how I do it. I just really, I'm just, I feel like I'm just such a, like, a driven individual. So, like, yeah. I know that I'm just. I don't know how it's going to get done, but it's going to get done. Like, in the back of my mind, I just know it's always going to get done. Yeah. And I think what keeps me so grounded is that I keep the main thing the main thing. Like, when it comes to track and field, like, I know that a lot of these opportunities won't be available if it wasn't for, for track, track and, and field. field. So, I always keep that at the forefront. And then, like, everything else is, like, I don't want to say it's secondary because ever since, like, I started doing NIL and doing brand deals and yeah. concentration and everything like that, like, that's a job within itself. And yeah. I, I, like... Going into this year, I was like, I don't want to do too much on the social media side because I want to focus on track. track but and feel, right? I just think that it's just about a balance because when you're making money, it's going to be hard work regardless. And like I said, I have NIL because of track. So I can't throw either one away because both are like does, growing in the process. That totally makes sense. Does the NIL, does, can that become a distraction for you? See, I feel like it can become a distraction when you when you are accepting deals around meet time. So that's where I kind of like didn't. Okay. It was a gray area last year because I didn't really understand. I was at indoor nationals and I was submitting content to a brand. I'm like, I don't need to be worried about this. I need to be worried okay. about competing. But yeah. you know, if it's earlier in the week or the week before, I mean, I don't really see a problem with that it. Makes but sense. you know, you just have to understand that their deadlines and and when you sign a contract, it doesn't matter what you have going on if this is the obligation that you have, then yeah. that's what you have to do. But I didn't make that mistake this year. Like at NCAAs this year, like I was chilling, even indoor, I was chilling. Like I had did my work like before Beforehand. I left. And then it's just about like time management. So as long as that. you understand that, like. then you'll be good. Yeah. It's a lot of time management that goes into it, balancing your time, knowing when's the right time to do this and when to do that. You look like you, you have that all figured out. Now, expectations of course come with that mm -hmm. um how do you deal with the pressure and the expectations of being you know such a, a, a you know a high performance athlete like yourself like how do you deal with the expectations i mean honestly i don't really think about like what people think that i should do you know as an individual i know what you should do what i need to do yeah. and i know what i'm capable of so i feel like my sophomore year i kind of had a problem with like grasping around that i'm like i have to do this uh to gain followers i have to do this to keep my fan base i have to do this when realistically i don't have to do anything but be myself and be good yeah. and i know like when i'm good and when i work hard and i have confidence in my ability then i mean it's going to show like i said nothing happens before it's time so like everything that i did this year it wasn't like i wasn't doing it for nobody else it was just yeah. 
I know what I got to do, and the followers either going to ride with me or they not. So yeah, yeah, it doesn't sure. really matter because I'm for not really sure. in it for, like, followers. Like, I've just been someone that attracts people, but I'm never, like, follow me, pick me. Like, it's just people follow me for it's just who I am. It's kind of naturally happens. That's the, and that's how it should be. Yeah. That's how it yeah. should be. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about, let's see, your most influ influential figures, people that you look up to. This doesn't have to be now. It can be, you know, while you were growing up. Who are some mentors or, you know, influential figures that you looked up to? Um, I have to say, like, my mom, she's been, like, a really, really, really big influence just because she's a doctor herself. Like, oh, wow. we're okay. in two different, you know, ends of the spectrum, but she's a black individual who literally came from nothing and she 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 paved the way right she showed that she never needed like she never complained about anything she just worked hard she she got what she wanted what exactly. she worked for exactly so, and she treated people good in the process and now like she was able to support us while growing up and she's just a boss you know so yeah. like that's kind of how i want to be seen uh, i can tell you look up to her and then you try to take a lot of things from your mother um we talked a little bit about the nil situation um first you're the first college first female college athlete to sign an nil deal what man what's going through your mind did, did you know at the time when they're telling you like you didn't know no i did that's not crazy. know wait that's that's I was the first college athlete. You were the first you were the first female college athlete to join NIL. Wow. I didn't know I didn't even know that. You, you, you were the first <laughs> I one. I didn't even know. I now know that did. I was like on like a top ten like list of like individuals who had like the like one of the top ten most followed student athletes in the yep. NCAA. I know I was on that list, but I didn't know that fact. Yeah, well That's now crazy. you know. What's next is providing that info for you. Period. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. Now you know. Awesome. Track and field has so much lessons and um, you know, valuable, you know, things that you, you learn throughout the whole process. What's one what's the most valuable lesson you're you're walking away from, you know, track and field? And obviously you're not done yet, but you know, you're you're from your career here at the University of Kentucky, all the way back to when you started when you were, you know, eight years old. What's the most valuable lesson that you, you learned, I guess? Um, the most valuable lesson I would have to say is is that track and hurdles truly teaches you to like to stay in your lane, to focus on what you have going on mm. in your lane, not mm. like worried about like what someone else has or what God is blessing somebody else with, like what's gonna be for you, it's gonna be. So focusing on your lane and when hurdles come into your lane, yeah. they might fall down, but you gonna get over it type of thing. So that's that's pretty much like what I've learned from it. Cause that's comparing yourself to other people, I think I've been really, really good at not doing that. Yep. yep um, which yep. is why I feel like I've gained so much success because it's so easy to just compare yourself to what this person has or what this person has, but like God is not gonna continue to bless you if you just saying why not me or where's mine? Yeah, like you have to yeah, be thankful yeah, yeah. for where you're at. So well, one thing that really stood out to me while you were uh, just explaining, like you know, staying in your lane, not looking, you know, next to the next person, especially like in a race or anything like that. Um, when you do mess up, and that that often does not happen to you, but when you do, how do you bounce back? You know, so you can tell me on the field when you're running a race. Um, what's your mindset like? And then tell me life in general, like how do you bounce back? Um, see, I feel like for me, like it just sounds so cliche, but like I don't really ever look at anything as like a failure or like I okay. didn't 
hit the mark like of course physically you can miss the mark but like I think it's just about how you see it because there's always something that you can take out of a loss like I was so sad after NCAA indoor because like that was my first race that I lost all season uh, and tough. I just felt like all my hard work like it's like this is something like this is my year like this is this is this I'm like I had to backtrack I'm like Last year, I wasn't even the topic of discussion. <laughs> now I'm the number two yeah, hurdler ever yeah. to touch a collegiate track. Like, it's not number one, but it's better than what you were doing last you gotta year. You got to remind yourself. You always you have to remind, remind yourself. yourself. So I don't really feel like I see things as, like, a failure. It's like, this is where I'm at. This is what I have. How can I grow from it? I think that's why, like, I'm just so, like, like I just keep moving. I don't yeah. really, like, stay in, like, where I'm at, you know? Yeah, I like that. I think... I love the way, you know, you, you always take, I always tell my, my friends, my family, um, you know, always to take a look back and see how far you've come, you know, because we're so focused on, you know, just getting our goals in front of us. Right, right. It's like, hey, we should take a moment. Hey, look what I did last year, like how you said, you know what I'm saying? Right. That's That's probably the, that's some good advice. Um <laughs> I want to, I wanna, before we get into our next segment, which our next segment, we're going to open it up to some fans, to your fans who, you know, basically submitted some questions on our social media department, social media part. Um, uh, Team USA, we'll talk a little bit about that. What does that look like for you in the future? Now, there's a number of people that, you know, that has came through the University of Kentucky, you know, Sidney McLaughlin, uh, Abby Steiner. Um, I guess, like, what does the Team USA look like for you in the future, Masai? Yeah, so um, I'll be trying out for Team USA July 6th through the 9th. And if I make that team, well, when I make the team. There you go. Speak, we're gonna speak going to be going out existence. to Budapest. <laughs> um, but I'm excited because I've never made a senior team. I've only made, like, junior teams, like okay. 20 and under teams. So um, this would be the first team that I'll be, like, I'll have a really, really, like, great shot at making the yep. team and, you know, being on the senior team because the World Championships is, like, literally a step below the Olympics and it's just going to yeah. matriculate to a even better season next year to know that, like, I was already in the mix. Now, like, I'm really, like, in my bag because exactly. I get better exactly. every single year. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. Like, exactly. I've you never got, stayed the same, man. You like, got that dog mentality. You got a dog mentality for sure. I love, I oh, love to hear tell? it. Yeah, I could tell for sure, for sure. Let's open up our next segment. Let's get our fans' questions in there. We get that. Oh, we don't have that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's on that. It's on that. It's on that. You can just bring it to me. I'll show or just go. Yeah. Yeah, it was blowing up all day. For real? Yeah. It's like a high engagement. <laughs> now, some people, they be having hella followers, two likes. <laughs> Cut that part out. Reality that. Right, let's see. Let's see. Let's see what we got here. So you got a lot of fans that want to know, you know, their questions. Um, do you plan to go pro? Let's start off with that. Do you plan to go pro? You're my biggest idol. I had to add that in there. Yeah, you pro, pro, of course, is the plan. Um, I'm in the the process now of signing with an agent, and then once I get me a good agent on my yep. team, then they'll be able to pitch me to whatever brand. So to be determined on that, but, yes, I am for sure, pro. For sure, for sure. You guys have that there. Um, who are you? Wow, these are. Yeah, who are you signing are, with? Yeah. That's going to be the big topic of discussion, too. I do. 
I'm not telling nobody. Yeah, they, she's not giving that out, guys. So don't tell that pop girl like this. <laughs> <laughs> Did you always run hurdles? No, I didn't. Um, crazy to say, um, I'm really new to hurdling. Okay. When I before I came to college, um, it's hard, by the way, man. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's not easy. You run at full speed into it's a barrier. Hard. Um, but the 400 hurdles was the first hurdling event that I ever did in my life. Like I wasn't even supposed to be a hundred hurdler. Yep, yep. 400 hurdles was my thing. Like when I made the USA team, my first time I was a 400 hurdler. It was my junior high school. I never touched the short hurdle. I never looked at it. Yeah. It was just, I was a long hurdler and that's what I was going to go to college for. So then after my, um, well in my senior year in high school, I, uh, was just like let me just try it because yeah. like i'm just kind of like athletic like if you put me into something i could just kind of just do it yeah jump and, in and i hit the three step real easy it was like a little long because that's the that's the amount of steps that we take in between the hurdles so i hit the three step i was like hold on not me beating my friends who really be training for this so then i think i started to gain a little confidence yeah um but my 60 hurdles was trash it was terrible so like i said i coming into college i wasn't like i'm gonna be a short hurdler it was, yeah, it was i'm gonna be a long hurdler and that's just gonna be that but i only ran the 100 hurdles four times before coming to college and okay. i mean to be the collegiate record holder now yeah, that's crazy four or five years but i always used to tell like my friends and my coaches like when I get my technique down, I'm going to be good. When I get my technique down, because it's so technical. And I was just, I was a long hurdler first. So, I mean, these, it might sound like you might not understand, but like when you're a long, like a 400 hurdler, yeah. your technique doesn't have to be as clean and quick as, and pristine because it's 400 meters. Okay. Whereas like the 60 hurdles and the 100 closer, hurdles, yeah. it's real short. You don't have any time for any margin of error. Know, and you have to be insane. like... Your technique has to be literally flawless. So my technique was like more of like a 400 hurdler kind of, kind of like vibe. Like it was just, da, 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 da. <laughs> so like, I was like, okay, I'm still doing kind of good with these, with this bad technique. Like yeah. I just knew, like I just kept working. Like I know I was like, when I figure this out and when I'm like able to learn how to get down and run and stop being so high over these hurdles, like, I'm going to be a problem. So, like I said, I'm it's that confidence. Yeah, yep, yep. fairly pretty new, but still a lot of work to be done. I like it. I like it. Uh, you talked a little bit about your coaches um, uh, and how you were telling them, like, hey, I'm going to get this down. I'm going to get this down. And when I do, you know, you're going to have to respect me, right? Who are some of the coaches, you know, that have, that have had a, a major impact on your success? Um, definitely my coach, Daryl, and he was, like, my AAU coach. And then every time I go back home, he is always, like, like, do you need a track? Do you need a workout? You need me to time you. Him, my coach Derek. He's 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 my hurdle coach. When I was in high school, so he was the one that kind of like helped me with hurdles. Like started getting my technique better. Um, and Coach Green and Coach Hall, like those are the those are the coaches that are at Kentucky. And they've literally Coach Hall uh, was the one who actually recruited me here. Yeah. And Coach Green is actually my direct coach. So okay. Okay. They have literally believed in me. Um, Since the very start. From the man. very start, like man. before I believed in myself and my coach Hall, who doesn't even coach me no more. He he told me I don't remember him saying this, but he said that you're always going to be a, a great short hurdler that can do the 400 hurdles when he recruited me for the 400 hurdles. So I don't know how he knew that, but <laughs> he's seen it. He's seen it. He's seen it before I did because I was like my first year. I was I was ready to be done with the short hurdles. Yeah. I was like, oh. This is just, I'm not running fast. Like, let me just be a 400 hurdler. And it's I'm like, glad I didn't give up. Yeah, exactly. You said it. You didn't give up. I mean, you, you kept with it, you know, regardless of what happened. Um, that's inspiring, Masai. What I want to do before I close this thing out, Masai, I try to... <laughs> 
I try to open it up to my uh, people behind the camera and if they have any other questions. Because, um, you know, we're a team here on What's Next Podcast. Um, so if you guys have any, any questions behind the camera, what's, what's it going to be? Feel free to ask. <laughs> what got you into influencing and what advice would you give to someone who's starting out? Um, uh, well, it's so weird to say that like starting out because I've always been someone who just loves to take pictures, loves to take videos. Yeah, it was like, yeah. if you go back on my Facebook, like you're going to see videos of me dancing, singing, yeah. like just doing the whole nine. I've always been an individual who just attracted to like the camera and the camera phone. And so I don't want to say like I actually... Beca like, I guess the the name influencer has just been attached to who I am, but I never really got into it to influence. It's just Man. people started following me for for me, and then now it's like, oh, I'm an influencer because of the followers, you know. It's the, more like it's it's natural, like yeah. it's part of your personality. But anytime I like yeah. would give anybody advice in terms of like wanting to gain followers or wanting to do anything in that space, I would just say be authentic, be yourself, because I that's. That's how that's how I gained it. I don't know how anybody else gains it, but with the advice that I could give anybody is just to be yourself because there's someone out there that has the same similarities or yeah. can relate to you in a way. So that's my biggest advice. It's a great question, by the way, Javen, behind the camera. I was going to ask what you studied in undergrad and what you're studying in graduate school and how you chose that and how well it fits with track and field. So I got my degree in sports communication and a minor in health promotion. And then I got my grad certificate in sports recreation and management. And I mean, it kind of speaks to itself. Um, I'm big in sports and I'm big on communication and content creation and, yep. you know, all of that. So I just felt like it really spoke to what I do on a consistent basis. And I mean, it's something that I could see myself doing later after like the sports thing doing like media broadcasting or yeah. sports broadcasting um because like i think i like being in front of the camera <laughs> <laughs> i would say <laughs> that's funny you got any others no probably no questions <laughs> come on ask me a question all right we've seen we've seen behind the camera we've seen your jab step and but you know, if you was to play another sport, what would it be? Um, if I played another sport, it'd probably be soccer, realistically, because like I'm fast, so I feel like okay. I just gotta learn the footwork. But definitely not. Oh, or gymnastics, like soccer or gymnastics, but okay. football, not basketball, football. uh, swimming, golf. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. I'm cool. I did cheerleading, but like, cause okay. like I could flip, like I could still flip to this day. But no, nothing nah, else. I got, I got you. I got. I play flag football though. That's fine. Flag football is fun, I'll tell you that much. Um, I'll work everybody in here. Not not me, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> You're not getting away from me. <laughs> Rob has something to say about that. <laughs> so, you know, he's fast. Where, where does this drive come from? Like siblings or just family? Just want to win everything? Yeah, um, I feel like for me, um, my competitive nature and spirit probably comes from like being the only girl out of three brothers, like growing up, they really was like, they didn't care that I was a girl. So I think I was just trying so hard to like keep up with them, yeah. getting knocked on my back, knocked on my head, everything. And I don't know if it's just because like I've been a, on the smaller side of individuals, like people never expect like the small one to do something. Yeah. So I don't know if like subconsciously that's what makes me like, oh, I'm gonna prove you wrong type of thing. Um, because I've always been like, 
Bro, like when I was like eight years old, eight nine years old. Oh my gosh, like I was a midget. Like I'm really? still small, but yes, I was really really tiny. So no one really ever expected anything from yeah. me. So I don't know if like subconsciously that has played a part in that. Um, but yeah, my brothers are definitely a big part because mm, I had it out for myself. Like, man. man, shout out to the Russell brothers, man. Shout out to those guys. Love y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Before I let you go, what's your best advice for anyone who wants to, you know, uh, one day play track and field or have that, you know, you know, like you hold said. Hold on, hold on. You got to say right track and field. You can't say play. Play is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> run okay. track and field. Run track and field. Masai is actually going to correct me, ladies and gents. So run track and field. I guess, like, what's your best advice to them? Yeah, my best advice to anyone who wants to run, um, yeah. run in high school, run in college, is to um, always have faith in yourself, always have faith in your ability, trust your coach, trust yourself, trust your training. Um, your coach isn't, most of the time, isn't doing it to hurt you. They only want the best for you. Um, and try not to compare, you know, where you were before to where you are now. You know, sometimes you're elevated from a space because – that's not where you are anymore. Mm -hmm. So I would just say, like, if you're in a space, just embrace it, um, trust it. Sometimes it might not always look clear, but, yeah. you know, sometimes you got to stay the path because life, life, like I said, it has hurdles. So as long as you continue to attack and get over those hurdles, then, you know, you're just going to continue to be better and great. And it's just going to build more endurance for who you are as a person. So. That's my advice to y'all. Yeah. I love y'all. <laughs> Shout out to Masai Russell's fans. Um, I want to ask you, I mean, of course I want to ask you this. This is the biggest question that I want to ask because we're on What's Next podcast and everybody's been waiting for this question. It's like, what's next for, for Masai Russell? So what's next for me, of course, like I said earlier, is um, signing with an agent and then uh, signing with a brand that I feel like aligns with who I am as a person. Yeah. Um, I feel like I worked really, really hard over these past five years. So I'm just glad that it's playing out the way that I had it to be playing out in my head. Like yeah. probably could literally tell anybody like last year after nationals, I was literally crying. Like this is going to be my last year. And if I don't make it happen, then I don't really know like what's next. Cause I didn't know what was next. I'm so invested into track and the only thing that I really hold on to that I know is going to like be sustainable is social media. Um, but at that time, it still wasn't looking that clear in that yeah, way. So yeah. a lot has changed in a year. Um, like I said, stay the process, stay the courts because you never know like what God has for you. So Episodes and exclusive content. Subscribe to What's Next with Rio.